0: Is there such a thing as a fair fight? If so, what exactly does a fair fight look like and what does it mean to win? My guest will let us know in just a moment, so don't go away.
1: Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge, a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability and culture of their family's environment. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Guerrero.
0: Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest is Jonathan Katherman. Jonathan has been on the Fatherhood Challenge before in a previous episode. He's an author of several books, actually 10 books to be exact, and he's also the founder of 1M Mentoring, which we'll talk about later in the program. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the Fatherhood Challenge.
1: It's good to be back, Jonathan, and it's also great to share a name with another podcaster that I don't have to constantly look at my notes to remember who it is I'm talking to. So, Jonathan.
0: (laughs) I absolutely love that. Yes, uh, this feels like familiar territory, and I love that. Well, Jonathan, let's start off
1: with your favorite dad joke. What's been the most impressive invention you can think of in the last 100 years? Oh, hands down, AI. You think AI? I don't know. I'm impressed, but really, it's more dry erase boards because I think they're just absolutely remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> see, you go know, you went high tech. I went low tech on my joke there.
0: Whoa, I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> that was good those are the best dad jokes when you actually have to pause
1: think and then roll your eyes
0: yes <laughs> i got that one right away
1: Well, <laughs> oh, my kids probably wouldn't because they go straight for the ai thing too and i say dry erase board and they're like
0: what's a dry oh yeah <laughs> i still i still like how we went complete opposite directions <laughs> <laughs> that, I that ai is be- pretty I cool i had nothing in between <laughs> Well, Jonathan, let's start with the main question. Is there really such a thing as a fair fight?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Talking about family fights, it's inevitable that a family is going to have disagreement. So in the belief that we should disagree from time to time as a family, we need to set it up in a way that it's a fair fight and nobody comes out the other end
0: truly bruised and battered. And there's a way to do that. What does a fair fight even look like now that we've established it? it That is a thing. Okay. So first
1: thing actually I think we need to establish is what does fighting mean in our family? Because if you were to observe a family and I'm going to place to stereotypes right now, but you observe a family say up in the Northeast and usually voices can be elevated or a fight can get pretty intense. If you're an outside observer, say from where I live in the South and fighting here in the South would look a lot different than it would say in the North, just because of the culture and the context of family. It's so like in the South here, I could say something to a family member like, bless your heart. And they may take that as a great offense. Whereas I have talked with families in the North and they'll tell each other, shut up all the time and nobody takes offense. So let's first of all establish what's the culture of our family. And again, let's move now away from stereotypes and say, what's the culture of your family, no matter where you live, and what does a fight look like to you? Because it's for some people, personality-wise, in the culture of their family, an elevated voice would be considered a fight. Others, it could be more intense than that. So first thing you have to do as a family is decide what is a disagreement, what's conflict, and what's a fight? Because all three of those are going to exist in your family. You need to know the difference and how it's interpreted in the culture at your home.
0: Oh, wow. That's taking it to a whole different level. I've never once heard anyone refer to it as a cultural difference, but it makes perfect sense. Uh, people, I live up here in the north, and people up here have no concept of "bless your heart." It sounds <laughs> it sounds so nice and flowery up here. It does it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really not. Right. It's really not a compliment, uh,
1: <laughs> but it's really probably not worth fighting over either. But to have a fair fight, when you really think about it, as a family, so a family is going to have conflict. The question really is, are we fighting for, or about, or against? And so, if we're looking to have a fair fight, and let's say as a uh, as a husband and a wife, you know, and we have a disagreement. The question I would ask is, is whatever your disagreement, your conflict is, is it between you? So, would you, you know, if you were to picture, say, a, a cup? And I'm sitting at a table, and I put the cup down in the middle of the table, and across the table is my wife. And we're fighting about whatever this cup represents. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, um, but if I look past that cup, I see my wife. And so, as our conflict maybe escalates and we can't come to a solution about whatever this cup, the fight represents, I'm now also seeing her as my opponent. Whereas, Think about it this way if I were to take that same cup, whatever it represents in the context of our disagreement, our, our conflict, our fight, and I move it to the far side of the table, and then I go sit beside my wife. And now we're fighting, say, for something, because we're both looking in the same direction at that cup. And that cup is what represents our disagreement, our conflict, our fight. But I'm sitting with her side by side, and we're going to figure out how to create a solution together about whatever no. that conflict is over there. So when I look past that conflict, I don't see my, my bride or my wife, my child or whomever is on the other side. So I think about it as who would I want to fight with? I don't want to fight with anybody more than I want to fight with my wife because I'm side by side with her, not against her. So, so really repositioning a fair fight would be we're together in this. I'm not trying to, to win over you I'm trying to work with you to find a solution so let's move the conflict away from the focus being about each other and move it to we are focused together on a solution
0: that's a completely different mindset shift and I don't know anyone that actually wouldn't want to approach it that way or see it that way I, I absolutely love that you're sitting beside your wife staring at a problem together I it makes perfect sense.
1: It does, but it's also rather idealistic because think about how most people fight. They're in a fight because they are in a disagreement with the other person. So now she's example is me as a father and our two sons. We have a, a story in our home where uh, the same fight occurred three years apart with both our boys. And my oldest first time this, this fight occurred, my oldest was at the top of the stairs. I was at the bottom of the stairs And we were arguing about something where everybody's voices were elevated and we were making bold and brash and big statements. And I realized somewhere in the midst of this argument that there's no winning when we are this far apart. And inevitably, we we met in the middle, quite literally. We sat together in the center of our stairs and we refocused our disagreement. I don't even remember what the disagreement was about. So let's just make something up that probably every parent is working on with their kids today, you know, cell phone usage or something like that. The The fight's really not about the cell phone. It's about, we don't get to spend as much quality time together or I feel like you're distracted or, you know, it's, it's not about the actual device. You know, we're always fighting about the phone. No, you're not fighting about the phone. You're fighting about a lack of, of, of uh, attention or lack of, Focus or or lack of time spent together. So when my son and I were sitting at the middle of the stairs, we were able to refocus whatever our fight was about onto the the essence of the difference between us. And I don't remember that we came to a solution that day, but I do remember sitting next to him and we apologized to each other for the way we were treating each other, because that was a whole second issue about our argument our disagreement our fight so once we were able to find respect for one another again we were able to come up with a solution i don't again i don't remember what we were fighting about but we were able to find a solution and in the midst of that i turned to him and i said i want to apologize to you because um I, i've never been the dad of a 13 year old before and and i i did that wrong i we had that conflict and i should have been leading it better but i did it wrong so will you please forgive me for not Meeting you with your specific need and how you respond in this conflict. I've never been the dad of a 13-year-old before. He said, that's okay, because I've never been 13 before, you know, and we, you know, shared tears and hugged and, and found solution to whatever it was we were fighting about. Well, fast forward three years and had the exact same argument with my our younger son. He's at the top of the stairs, Ad's at the bottom of the stairs. And again, we met in the middle. We were able to find a solution to whatever it is we're arguing about because we were able to refocus on what is the actual difference. Instead of the space between us and me yelling at him and him yelling at me, we're able to sit down and and talk it out. And then again, I apologized for, I said, I've never been the dad of a 13 year old. And I got that far. And he says, yes, you have. I have an older brother. I said, "Uh uh-huh. But I've never been a dad of a 13 year old like you before. And mm-hmm. and that really settled it that, you know what? One way to fight fair is you've got to be able to be aware of what it's like to be, you know, uh, the other person, have empathy for the other person's position. And you're probably not as far apart as you think you are if you can focus on what the real difference is. And, uh, and try to empathize with the other person. And you know what? You got to meet in the middle sometimes to do that.
0: Let's go a little bit deeper. What role do your triggers play and how you see your wife when you're fighting?
1: You know, triggers are interesting uh, because they kind of, if you don't manage them, they'll manage you. So when we're in disagreements, conflicts, fights with our wives, and think of it almost like a bruise on your body, like so you got a big bruise on your arm, and someone touches that bruise, before you had the bruise, if there was no bruise there, you wouldn't even really notice, right? But a trigger is a lot like a bruise. So if you don't have, if you're not aware of what your triggers are and or you're not protecting those triggers, and if if your wife brushes up against that trigger, it's going to hurt a lot like when someone presses on that bruise and your arm does. So it's important to know what your triggers are and communicate that with your wife. You need to know her triggers and she needs to know yours. And if you're in a fair fight, you're purposely not pushing those trigger buttons. You're purposely avoiding that because you know that that's going to just set the other person off. I mean, it's that is the whole premise of, of being in a quality marriages. We're in this together. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to win over you. I'm here to protect you and you to protect me. We can still have our disagreements. So we're going to stay away from each other's triggers because we know what they are and we're going to support each other in that. We're going to come to a solution in this in time, but we're not going to do it by poking at one another and, uh, and sending each other off.
0: What is the best way to handle things when you feel that a fight is coming on and there are kids present? Oh, the power of the pause, right? Take a breath. Kids, kids. It's okay for kids to see their parents
1: have conflict. It's not okay for kids to see their parents have a knockdown drag out. It doesn't even have to be physical. But man, when we fight in front of our kids and the kids are aware that one parent is seeking a position of power over the other parent, that's not a good model to set for our kids. Our boys have seen us uh, be in conflict plenty of times, but we don't do it in a way that's mean. It's okay to have disagreements. It's okay to not see things the same as the other person, but you're not there to to bring your kids into it and use them as a pawn or you're not there to show your kids that that who's in charge around here. The, the kids are not the peanut gallery. So if you need to press pause and wait this one out until you can have the kind of conversation with your spouse that that is just the two of you because you don't think this is going to be a pretty one, you, you better press that pause. That's your role as a parent. Um, it's also a good way to honor your relationship. Because uh, again, kids, kids are they—they see everything, right? And they hear, they hear far more than we we know. So they're taking that all in. They're learning how to fight fair from us. So, press pause, and/or keep it cordial, so the kids can see an example of what it means to come to conflict resolution in a way that's kind.
0: And it's interesting because when you are in that mode i mean when you can really feel a big one coming on and you press that pause button that can potentially be a powerful point for you and your wife to unite around can't it
1: oh absolutely when you say you know what i can see i can see that this is going to this is going to get heated so let's press pause on this i want to talk to you about this i want us to come to a solution you know i don't expect it to be a quick one but but right now let's press pause. I'm, I need to think a little bit about my position. Um, I'm going to think a little bit about what I understand of your position and let's, let's revisit this. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, if anything, you're probably going to come to a solution quicker because you're remaining in control of your emotions and the moment. Well, I, I believe in marriage that, that two individuals become one. Right, we're in this together, and, and think about the vow that we take. And, and you know, the traditional one would be, you know, through good times and through bad, through sickness and through health, through richer and through poorer. And we we list all these things off. Maybe we should also write when we're happy and when we're frustrated with each other. You know, either way, the end in mind is that we're not separate. We're not apart from each other in this. We're together in this. And so we. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about we. How can we come to a solution of this in a way that's that keeps kindness as our focus and our commitment to one another so that we're stronger together through this than we are as individuals?
0: What role can therapy have in the way we deal with conflict in our marriage? One of the first rules I
1: think of conflict within marriage is you need to talk about it. And sometimes it's important to have somebody else, third party, Who's able to listen. And it's amazing sometimes when we vocalize, we hear ourselves say something. We, if if we're really tune, tuning into the the resolution being the end in mind, we can often speak it out and and help ourselves come to a solution because we heard ourselves say it. And you know, when it comes out of our mouth, often it sounds way different than it does in our head. And then hearing the wise advice of someone who's maybe been down this road before, it's not their first rodeo, not their first marriage counseling. And uh, then, you know, it's good to have that, that second party's perspective past the, the conflict of the two of us, you know, my wife and myself. So find someone you can trust to talk to and, uh, and work it out. It's like practice, right? We practice and we get better. And we can either practice uh, and get better at fighting with each other, or we can practice and get better at finding resolution and solutions together. So I think that's one thing that therapy does. It gives us an opportunity to practice finding solutions and being able to come together in a central space and a way of thinking. So therapy is great practice for like, you're right, you know what, in in the future you come to conflict and it doesn't have to go to the therapist because you've already been down the road and you've practiced how to find a
0: solution to this. One of the things I was going to ask you was just exactly how do you even plan a fair fight? But it really sounds like to me that it isn't really about planning a fair fight per se, as it is just the practice, putting some of these techniques into practice. Does that sound right?
1: It does. I don't think that, you know, like we're going to plan a fight for Thursday at four. You know, nobody does that. But certainly at Thursday at 4 p.m., we find that we're in conflict. But if I know what I'm going to do when I reach a point of conflict, I call it resolve. I know. I decide now what I'm going to do later. It's really hard to make great decisions in the moment. It's even, be- it's much better to make a decision now because you have time to think about it when you're calm about what's going to happen later. And it doesn't mean you know the solution to the conflict. But here's an example. Like when I come into conflict, I already know what I'm going to say or what I'm not going to say. What I mean by that is, is, let's say my wife and I have a disagreement. I know that I'm going to say things that are kind in context. I'm going to stay away from you language. You make me so mad. You did this. You did that. Instead, I'm going to say things like I and feel. I feel or in my from my perspective. You know, it's I stay away from you accusations and I focus on my or I feelings. So that's already I already know that when we come to conflict, that's what I'm going to do. I also know what I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say things that I know will trigger the other person. I'm not going to bring up something from the past. I'm not going to make accusations that, that are just outlandish in fears of my future. That's things I know I'm not going to do. I also know where I'm going to go, right? Because if if I do come into a point of conflict where I say, look, I need to take a minute and take a breath and I say to my wife or I say to my kids, look, I'm, I'm pretty heated right now and it'd probably be best if I you know, go for like 10 minutes, just give me 10 minutes. And I, and I go for a walk or I go to my office, or head out to the garage. What I'm doing is I'm pressing pause and I'm giving myself an opportunity to recalibrate in them as well. You know, and, and I know what I'm going to do when I'm going to get there. You know, like, like if I'm going to the garage, I'm going to, you know, either sit in my chair or I'm going to go tinker around a little bit. And I'm going to just you know, focus on, on, Trying to find peace in in the moment, like I'm looking for a peaceful solution to this rather than an escalation. I'm not in that space now, working up my next big move. I'm in that space, just kind of calibrating and deciding how do I, as as a husband and as a father, how can I help guide this situation in a way that we are better through and at the end of it than I just come back in the room now. I've got all my ammo, you know, facing forward. That's, that's not a good plan. Um, and, and really, what, is, what else are we going to learn from all this? And when I come into conflict with family, one thing I'm looking for is what did I learn from that experience? Did I learn something new about my, my bride? Did I learn something new about my kids? Did I learn something new about myself? And how do I going log that away so next time it's helpful rather than hurtful that I know that information? So like I have know about myself that when I begin to get pretty heated and I can hear my own voice elevating, I have learned from my past experiences, I need to literally slow down my speech and I need to breathe deeper and I need to just take pauses and it'll help control my tones and my volume. So from past conflict, I learned things I can do in future conflict because future conflict's inevitable so i just need to know better what i'm going to do when i get there
0: one of the things that i've found helpful is in the moments where i am so heated that i literally need to physically remove myself i need to get away and i need to cool off and calm down i've learned that when those moments happen it's sometimes helpful in my case i just send a simple text message to my wife explaining that just explaining that hey i'm i'm trying to calm down or whatever you know hey give me give me an hour or whatever i'll be at this point um, and just kind of checking in. I found that it really helped to reduce her anxiety about where we were. And it also did something to me. I felt a little more closer to being beside her and it shifted my thought process to, wow, I wonder what she's feeling. I mean, what, not just the conflict itself, but I found myself actually caring more about how she was feeling in the whole thing.
1: Yeah, that's wise. I think it's good to communicate like that. Even like you said, a simple text message. I'll be, I'll be back. You know, I'm, I'm leaving for a walk. I'm going for, you know, you also know yourself well enough. You know, if, if you're pretty heated, maybe it's not the time to drive, you know, but, but you're, you're taking time away and say, I will be back. We'll, we'll figure this out. I will be better equipped when I return to, um, to be a listener. And I think that that's important. In any type of conflict, uh, and especially for us men, guys, when you find yourself in conflict, try something. Try increasing your ability to listen, to understand, not just to hear, but to truly try to understand, and reducing our amount of uh, solution. You know, I hear this is the immediate solution. Guys, we'd like to fix stuff, right? So we're, we're mm-hmm. rushing towards a solution. How about we just listen? and uh come to the solution together with your wife or with your kids or your partner whomever you're in conflict with see if you can find that solution together rather than be the solution creator and be a very good listener
0: what is the game plan when you've absolutely lost it and the fight has already become a shouting competition of insults
1: in times like that when we're just we're so highly elevated almost like we've lost sight of, of what this argument's about. And now we're just punching the other person verbally or never physically make that real clear guys. Hands off. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. That's, but when we're going at each other verbally and emotionally, it's like a a brawls happening in an emotional level. And the truth of the matter is men slow down, take a breath. Stop. This is not our intention as as husbands, as fathers, to be a winner by volume, be by a winner by force of will. This isn't about winning. When we are so escalated that the neighbors can hear what's going on, and it doesn't matter where your kids in the house, they they're aware. That's where you just gotta stop. Take a breath, press pause, literally breathe. Sit down if you have to. You know, it's interesting how in moments like that, we physically puff up. You know, you'll never see a guy stand taller than in a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but slow your roll, men. This is, this is our ability to um, guide. And that's what we need to do in, in the context of a fight. If it gets that elevated, guide the fight down. And when I talk to guys in, who are in conflict at home, I say, well, who won the last fight? And they'll say, well, my wife won the last four. And I you know, like, whoa, 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 we're counting <laughs> Yeah, that someone's a winner and someone's a loser in this fight. Now, it doesn't mean that you didn't get your way or you did get your way. But why does there have to be a winner and why does there have to be a loser? Marriage is about win-win relationships. It's about synergy. It's about working together to achieve more. Because you have conflict, doesn't mean that the solution you have in your mind right now versus the solution they have in their mind has to come to one of the two of you getting your way. What if you work together to find a solution that is... Meaningful to both of you.
0: So, Jonathan, how can dads get a hold of you, learn more about what you're doing, and also get help with their marriage? I mean, you're doing so much. You've written ten books, I think it is, is where we're where we're at and counting. So, you've done a lot of books. You also have your own podcast, which is actually how we're talking about this subject because this is where this is where I heard you talking about conflict, and um, I thought it would be great to bring your wisdom and and uh, advice and knowledge here on on the program. So. How can we get a hold of you and find out more about what you're doing?
1: There's quite a few ways to get a hold of me, actually. Um, easiest way, dads, uh, men, is to go over to the raisingthemready.com. And that's my uh, website where you'll see the Kathermans and you'll meet myself and my wife and see our resources, the books we've written for tweens, teens, young adults, mentors, teachers, and parents. Uh, just go to raisingthemready.com. Or listen to the Raising Them Ready podcast for parents. It's on all of the major uh, you know, podcast platforms. And if you're interested in, in reading something about you know, parenting, I encourage you to read the book, Raising Them Ready. It's good for you know, your kids. We aren't writing right now for couples, like for married couples. But as a, a father and as a husband, part of your role in your home is to help guide your family. To discover and become all that they were created to be, you know, as individuals and together. So, uh, so take a look at, at some of the books we have. Like, guiding the next great generation is a great one for dads to to uh, read themselves about how to get their, especially their high school and young college age uh, kids, kind of moving in the right direction. Just kind of encourage them in that. And then we have a whole series of life skills and character trait. Uh, excuse me. We have a whole series of life skills and character trait books. Uh, for dads that are for kids that are, you know, tweening and teening. So, uh, you know, come find me online and reach out to me. I will uh, answer the call. If you do call me, the website has my phone number, or you can email me through the website.
0: And I will also put the links uh, on the website. So if you go to com, that's com. Go to this episode and look right below the episode description. The links will also be there. So, as we close, Jonathan, what is your challenge to dads listening now? Well, I think the biggest one for these dads is
1: the belief that everyone is capable of greatness, and the world needs yours. I think as dads, we sometimes forget that—that that, uh, you know, we get caught up in our jobs, we get caught up in our families, we get caught up in you know connecting with our our, our buddies. But but you have in your home. A bride, you have in your home some kids, and you certainly are also included in this context, that that there's some great stuff happening there in your home. We're all capable of greatness and the world needs you. So figure out what you're great at and share it as often as you possibly can.
0: Jonathan, it has been absolutely an honor to have you back on the Fatherhood Challenge again. I'm I'm so grateful for that, so thank you.
1: It's good to be back, Jonathan. I appreciate the invite and uh... listeners are lucky
0: to have you. Thank you for listening to this
1: episode of the Fatherhood Challenge. If you'd like to contact us, listen to other episodes, find any resource mentioned in this program, or find out more information about the Fatherhood Challenge, please visit thefatherhoodchallenge.com. That's thefatherhoodchallenge.com.